Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Lions 24-7 podcast. It is the final episode of March, and boy, what a March it has been here uh, in Happy Valley and across the country. Uh, Sean Fitz, Tyler Donahue with you. Landon Tengwall will be with you here on the show a little bit later. The newest Nittany Lions commit was kind enough to join us for a lengthy conversation about his decision, what he's bringing to the class, the leadership he plans to use, and also some of the names that he is targeting to join him here at Penn State long term. You'll hear that entire conversation a bit later. Normally, we'd be talking about approaching the blue-white game and the recruiting event that that would be. Certainly not the case right now, and Penn State, like other programs, trying to piece things together from a recruiting standpoint. We mentioned last week James Franklin giving us a little bit of insight on how they've used technology and leaned on that uh, to, to still get in front of the faces of different prospects. They got something interesting coming up uh, they're going to be doing on Tuesday evening. And, and Sean, leading into that, it's another example of, of just, uh, you know, there's some desperation here, but there's also some evolution here. Some college football programs that are thinking bigger and, and streamlining certain things, they're going to be able to, to take advantage of, of of the process while others will be left by the wayside, I think. We lost count last week when we had James Franklin on Zoom about how many times he talked about embracing the technology and that what that would mean for, for basically any program out there and how it would impact uh, you know, standard operating procedure going forward. From a recruiting standpoint, we talked last week about him talking, you know, those those guys talking to players and position meetings on Zoom and all that kind of stuff. And they're limited what they can do in terms of hours and things like that. It's a, a lot of it falls on the strength staff, which actually typically is what happens in the off season, you know, when they're on campus anyway. Um, but but recruiting's a little bit different. Um, it, you know, it's a dead period, and honestly, it's not that much different than, than February right now. It's uh, um, it, it's really just you, you can't now. First off, to, for for some people, just can't grasp. Dead period does not mean you can't talk to the kids. Dead period does not mean there's no contact whatsoever between both sides. It just means you can't go out. You can't see them uh, from an evaluation standpoint. Coaches can't go on the road. Uh, conversely, players can't visit campus. So that's that's what a dead period is. You can still talk to these guys. And really what, they, what they've tried to do is embrace every aspect of that. Um, they do a lot of that through FaceTime with these prospects. Uh, Zoom has, of course, uh, I guess, come into everybody's lives in the last couple of weeks and they've they, they've you know if there's when there's times that they want to get a couple of coaches on with a prospect uh you know say a Tangwall, they want phil Troutwine on there they want tyler bowen on there they want james franklin on there you know they sit down and they do a zoom call with them um what they're doing uh, excuse me tuesday night is, is pretty interesting tony grimes father uh we'll call it a recruiting service he's you know he's got the, his his little thing where he goes out and um, you know, he, he puts on camps and he's got, uh, and I said, little thing, 
it sounds like I downplay, but but he puts on camps and he uh, tries to educate kids on ter- in terms of uh, handling the recruiting process. James Franklin, uh, you know, basically the entire staff um, is going to be on a Zoom call uh, this evening on Tuesday evening uh, to talk about what they do, how they handle recruiting, and it's twofold. I mean, you can go out there. It's sort of like James Franklin's camp speech, and you and I have been to to a lot of Penn State camps, and he closes the camps the same way. He gives his core value speech he talks about the way that they do things and I think a lot of that a lot of what he's going to say tonight is going to come from that script Um, but on the other hand it's about visibility right now anything you can do to increase your visibility right now is, is key they did one of these calls with Dre Bly, who's doing a fantastic job for North Carolina, especially in that area, especially with Tony Grimes as well. Um, so, any like I said, anything you can do to get your name out right now um, on a on a bigger scale than what you're doing from FaceTime to FaceTime is 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 obviously key if you're a college staff. And we certainly appreciate the visibility covering this football program. Coming up this week, we will have a couple Zoom sessions uh, with the uh, offensive recruiting coordinator slash tight ends coach Tyler Bowen and also Brent Pry, linebackers coach, longtime defensive coordinator. So should be some interesting content coming your way on lines247.com. And a second episode, I should mention, we're planning on going to two episodes uh, per week. Uh, We'll see how long that takes us, but we think there's a a need for it and we think we can uh, be able to produce quality content for you and get some interviews on here uh, as we're all working our th- way through this process together so well, there's, um, there's a demand for it i don't know if there's a need for it but uh, <laughs> there's not, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we're going to talk phrasing. about over the next couple of months but we're going to try and uh you know give you guys as much as we can here um going back to to the zooming stuff and the facetime stuff the recruiting rules really haven't changed like i said it's a typical dead period um you're just kind of sitting back and making contact penn state's schedule um, just overall hurt them. Um, you know, they had one visitor in March, Brock Bowers from, from the West Coast came in. Um, you know, spring break kind of dictates everything here, and it dictated when spring practice was. Of course, that's Penn State's big opportunity to, um, you know, showcase what they have for unofficial visits on recruits. Then the blue-white game comes, and you start to get into official visits. You know, you kind of just wipe that out, and it's it's unfortunate. And, and really, I mean, you, you're going to, I guess— split hairs about you know whether this was the right thing to do in hindsight of course is 2020 in this situation but you know really this is a situation nobody that saw coming so i mean there's there's really not much you can do in this situation but uh you know they found themselves with challenges a lot of schools were able to get prospects on in the first week of march penn state's uh schedule the spring break the 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 first week the first full weekend in march there's no students on campus you don't want to bring a kid to penn state when there's no students on campus obviously um it's not uh, it's not ideal deal for uh for for what you're trying to sell um so really just kind of caught up in the situation there and there's really not much they could have done about it um the 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 challenges that they're finding now um and i've talked to to some people in the program about what they're trying to do how they're approaching it you got to figure out the personality of the kid and that's probably the toughest thing to do right now is you've got uh um, you know, guys that want to talk, guys that want to FaceTime every day, guys that want to get in front of uh, you know, James Franklin and you know, snapshot his face on the on the thing and, and then post it on Twitter, uh, talking to him. And then there's guys that just want some space. And you look at a guy like uh, like Nolan Rucci, for say, uh, he's he's not really a 
you know, outgoing, do a ton of interviews, talk to a ton of guys. So you got to keep your space there. It's, it's an interesting balance. And I think that's probably the toughest thing that the staff is going to have to undertake when they when they go about uh, approaching prospects. You and I see it all the time. I mean, there's guys that want to, you know, that are very easy to get interviews with. There's guys that just frankly don't want to talk to us. And I think that the coaches are finding that they need to have a plan for each kid because not each kid is going to react the same way to this situation. And then something that you and I don't necessarily deal with, uh, certainly on a day-to-day basis that Penn State coaches and support staff always need to be aware of is what makes mom and dad tick? You know, what's the story with the cousin who's always around? What's the story with uh, why, why is grandma living in the house? And, and, and you know, what the girl, the long-term girlfriend and all these different names that you try to match to faces. So by the time they're making their official visits or getting to campus as a commit or down to the wire and making that last trip to the school before they reach a decision that it's seamless and it's, there's not like breaking of ice that needs to happen. I, I, you know, spent a few years hosting these kind of official visits and stuff, and it goes a lot longer when you already have a little bit of background with mom and dad at the very least, or whoever's accompanying them to campus, rather than trying to play catch up over the course of 48 hours and a weekend on campus, it can make things tricky. It can make things awkward. So, you know, that's all part of it. They're losing that ability to lay a lot of that foundation uh, with the parents, with the families, and with the recruits themselves, because as much as you can accomplish over the phone, it's not quite like being in the same room and being able to really walk someone or, or drive them around in a cart on campus and have that you know, intimate experience that is so desired by both the staff and the player in the process. And, and so much of this process from a Penn State perspective is, is based around those visits and just getting those guys to campus. They've done a nice job, um, you know, staying ahead a couple of classes and getting guys on campus, not having this spring is going to hurt. I mean, you take a look at where Penn State um, you know, has sort of uh, you just made sort of made their classes, and, and you go back to the blue white game every year, and and that's not necessarily a uh, a 2021 kid that was going to end up committing, but a 2022 or 23 or something like that down the line, you, you know, usually pops up at a blue white game at a maybe a lash bash or a, a whiteout game. So it's these opportunities that you're losing that might hurt you in the future. I don't think it's going to have a, a tremendous uh, impact in that regard guard on 21 of course it's going to have uh, it's it's going to have an impact on how this class is shaped and how things go. I mean, you might see a trend nationwide where you know all of a sudden you see guys staying closer to home because of something like this. But it's uh, it, it it is what it is. You're going to have to deal with it. And uh, Penn State, I think, is doing a, a pretty decent job. They w- the key here is they need to have a plan in place when they hit the ground running. They still have official visits scheduled for the summer. They don't know if they're going to be able to host them to, or not. I I don't get the sense there's a ton of optimism that that's going to happen. But at the same time, I mean, you want to you want to know where you're going heading into the uh into whenever you get back basically speaking of plans uh running back plan uh, running back recruiting kind of thrown on its head uh once again evan Pryor committed to ohio state a couple of weeks ago uh trevion henderson fantastic player out of virginia committed to uh the buckeyes l- late last week i believe and then uh, the guy that i think a lot of people turned to had that top six last week brandon campbell out of texas commits to usc over the weekend now all of a sudden penn state's uh in a situation where you know they're still looking for a running back and i and i, I don't think you panic yet i think that uh, you keep chipping away and i think there might be some residual effects based on those decisions specifically priors and hendersons that could you know really benefit penn state with a couple of their targets 
Buckeyes continue to boost that class. They've been on the war path. And Brandon Campbell, that that escalated quickly. He put out the top six, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, told Steve Wiltfong shortly thereafter that Penn State was one of three schools standing out, along with USC and LSU. And all of a sudden, he's committed to the Trojans without taking any visits, of course, to, to, to get to that point. Still wonder if a kid like this committing in these circumstances. I think we're going to see a lot of committed players pursuing visits elsewhere and we've talked about in the past how that's something that that Franklin doesn't want his commits doing but I just think across college football committed players are going to want to make visits because they haven't been able to and won't be able to for an extended period of time so something to monitor there so what names pop up uh, you know speaking of top lists uh, it was I believe a top 10 so hard to delve into it too much but Corey Kiner out, out of Cincinnati um, Penn State an interesting uh, note here with Thad Franklin out of Chaminade Madonna committed to the Miami Hurricanes uh, down there in South Florida Got offered a basketball scholarship, a spot on the roster uh, in the last few days after already being on Penn State's football radar. Not something that I've really seen, I think, covering this recruiting beat. What do you make of that, Sean? Well, it, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're uh, Pat Chambers, it doesn't cost you a scholarship if you bring up a guy that's playing football on. Um, we, you know, we kind of saw that with Matt Hippenhammer and the baseball team. Um, but it's an interesting push. Jay Juan Sider has been after Thad Franklin for a long time. This is a guy, uh, you know, he's committed to Miami, but I've always seen him as a guy that, you know, could potentially pop up on campus because of the relationships, especially at Chaminade Madonna, where John Dunmore is from. Braylon Brown's a wide receiver there that, that, you know, I think Penn State's in the lead for if they choose to, to, to press on that one. Um, so, I mean, the, very well respected at Chaminade Madonna. I would not be shocked to see Thad Franklin pop up. He has said otherwise, but uh, it's Florida, man. I mean, we've covered this uh, a bunch. A really interesting name uh, that, that that I don't think that Penn State, you know, is in at this point right now, but things could change. Donovan Edwards out of Michigan. Um, he came and visited early in the process, um, you know, higher on, you know, he's very high on Ohio State, high on Michigan. Georgia is a big one for him. But what's interesting to me, and Alan True came onto our board and talked about this uh, earlier this, or I guess over the, I don't even know what day it is, man. I this thing has got me all all. I just know around, it's but, March. It's but, still March. Yeah. Yeah, it's still March, and Allen was on our board at some point in the last 30 days or the last three days talking about Donovan Edwards. Uh, He was, you know, a pretty big Ohio State lean, it seemed like. Now, all of a sudden, they take Evan Pryor, they take Trevion Henderson, and now, you know, maybe not so sure. Michigan is seen as... I don't want to call him the fallback, but Michigan is seen as the school that everybody looks to now as the potential favorite, but he really liked Georgia. That's a long way away. Um, An interesting thing that True said was there's some schools that, you know, maybe have slightly better running back tradition or recent running back tradition than Michigan, maybe a Penn State, maybe a Notre Dame that could get involved in this. He's got uh, familiarity with the staff. Of course, uh, Penn State's been recruiting him for a long, long time. And he's got other guys that have picked up offers at his school and have visited Penn State. So I'll be interesting to see if anything comes of Donovan Edwards. I think, you know, obviously right now there's a long way to go from a Penn State standpoint. But I think that's an interesting name. Mentioned Thad Franklin. Florida, of course, is still Florida. Amari Daniels put Penn State in his top four, I believe it was, a couple of weeks ago. He's still a Texas A&M lean. Uh, Katarius Getter is out there as well. Um, there's a bunch of guys that are in Florida because Florida's crazy. Um, so uh, running back still, you know, it's a, there's always a plan, obviously, with Jay Wan Sider. Uh, but uh, it's uh, with three guys off the board, it's kind of looking a little bit different than it did a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, you still strike an optimistic tone when you talk about this room, where it is now, where it is in 2021. They'll find somebody. I'll be curious to see how it gets dictated from here. By the way, going back to a Michigan player leaving Michigan, uh, Caleb Tiernan, who put Penn State in his top four. He committed to Northwestern, a major crystal ball shift late on 24-7 sports leading up to that decision. I think this time last week he was 100% pick to end up with the Wolverines, uh, another offensive lineman that Penn State had on their board uh, as they're working through things. Landon Tengwall, of course, a big pickup, uh, but Caleb Tiernan heading elsewhere as of now uh, within the conference. A couple new offers to report in the 2021 class as John Scott Jr. continues to, to help shape out their target board at defensive line. Both of these in Virginia. Travion Stevenson, uh, Brian Doan had a write-up on him on the site this week. A kid who has really exploded onto the scene uh, in March and then additionally, George Wilson. Um, Sean, we, we've seen offers scattered across Virginia. We've seen the defensive line board in 2021 kind of blow up here in, in the past four, five, six weeks. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where that class goes because to this point, uh, we're not really throwing out a ton of names that seem like obvious eventual Nittany lines. No doubt, no doubt. Defensive end is, is a huge priority for the staff in terms of numbers. Uh, they need they, they certainly need numbers there. Took a lot of tackles last year, and that's a that's a focus in the region and really the region is is kind of is more solid than strong so uh, i'm not sure really sure where you're going with that george wilson's a guy that i've been watching for a while at green run um really just uh a you know, tall, lanky, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than Cam Brown was when he was uh, in in, uh, in high school, but that's the same kind of body type they've got. So just uh, all, all kinds of length. And Trevion Stevenson, when you talk to Trevion Stevenson about Penn State, he just flat out lights up. There's there's some connections there to Joe Johnson uh, in that region. And really, honestly, I, I feel like he's a guy that if, you know, Penn State decides to to push and pursue heavily that that I think ends up in this class and and what I mean by that is you've got an opportunity right now where you can offer guys and and they can't visit I mean you really there's not much you can do about it um, until they can get on campus Trevion Stevenson you know he's he's listed at six five he looks long in the film but you know is he more like six three you don't know and that and that's where you're seeing a lot of these guys um, offer lists sort of blow up at this time of the year. And really, there's not a ton they can act on right now. So I just think it's a really interesting dynamic where coaching staffs, you're not really sure where they stand on guys or where they're at on the board just simply because they can't get them on campus. That's a big part of, of recruiting that's, that's often overlooked. You get them on campus, you check out how they look, how they're built, um, you know, how they can add weight, and you're sort of projecting from that angle in the next couple of years. And it's a really uh, you know interesting dynamic that completely goes away. Uh, building on that, and you've got an opportunity, or you've got a situation here where you've got a guy like Kirk Shiraka, who's a new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach. You know, he can't go out and see quarterbacks this spring on the evaluation period because that's pretty much a wash right now. Typically, he would go out and, and pick and choose which quarterbacks he would want to see throw and work out, uh, you know, all throughout the spring. Now he can't do that. Camps are maybe in, in, in jeopardy right now. So when it comes to quarterbacks, I mean, it's it, it's tough, especially since he was not here last uh, last camp season so he could see those guys uh, throw. Speaking of quarterbacks, a new offer in-state 2022. Penn State's offered three quarterbacks in Pennsylvania since James Franklin took over in 2014. And one of those, Kyle McCord, is committed to Ohio State, is actually from New Jersey that plays in St. Joe's Prep in Philly. So just two quarterbacks in Pennsylvania that they've offered. Bo Pribula uh, out of Central York. Uh, 
is he an athlete? Is he a quarterback? I don't know. I know he's a heck of an athlete, especially as a sophomore. Ran a four six forty last year uh, at camp, a four one shuttle, um, which is phenomenal as a sophomore for any position, let alone quarterback. Had a good camp showing. Also worked out a little bit at tight end at the whiteout camp last year. I think that was more uh, numbers based because there were only two tight ends at the at the white end out camp last year. But a really intriguing offer and really an immediate crystal ball from from you and I. Yeah, and Brian Doan jumped in there as well. Quick reaction to that offer, and and after we both caught up with him, I spent a significant time Saturday morning speaking with Bo on the phone and uh, for a story that's up on the site. And this is a kid who, you know, he posted a picture when he got that offer of him in a Nittany Lions uniform, the eye black, the helmet. Uh, from a Halloween years ago, but he said he used to throw that uniform on all the time just to play football with friends in the backyard. You know, in this household, fall Saturdays were often sitting around the TV watching Penn State play, and suddenly they had James Franklin on FaceTime getting passed around the living room. Sister, brother, mom, dad all got a chance to share in that conversation. What a cool moment for him that came on Friday. That was quickly followed up by a FaceTime session with Kirk Sharaka. And to your point, Sharaka did said, uh, you know, once when once things return to some normalcy, he wants to see, he's making it a priority to see this kid throw in person and, and get a better evaluation of him. But they did not hesitate on the offer here. It is as a quarterback. It's his third power five offer. Um, he's been on the radar as an athlete since his freshman year, as you said, for Penn State, for other schools. Older brother is a quarterback at Delaware. Um, the one year he did not play quarterback in his entire football career was as a freshman um, at, at York Central. And that's because his brother was the quarterback. And he was playing wide receiver. He was playing safety. He will still play safety here moving ahead, but missed a couple games last year with a sprained AC joint in his shoulder Uh, that impacted his stats a bit. They also were pretty conservative. They ran the ball a lot. They built a lot of large leads. They won seven of their games by five plus touchdowns. So uh, you look at the stats, you don't see an automatic star in the making, but he says they're switching to a new coaching staff. They got an air raid offense this year. He said he's going to be more of a trigger man than a, than a ball protector in 2020. And I'm really curious to see how that pans out for him because to have a kid uh, in the area like this, you've mentioned, I think it was McIlwain and uh, Jerkovic were the only two other guys who are in Pennsylvania who got the offer since Franklin arrived. So they both ended up elsewhere and uh, with Prabula. You know, man, it's 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 a long way to go until he'll actually get to a college campus. But as of right now, the way things are tracking, you like Penn State's shot here. You like the way he feels about Franklin and company. And Franklin made it a point to, to compare him to McSorley. He said after watching his film, now I think that's more about maybe his improvisational style, his ability to be an athlete who can impact football games in different positions. Of course, McSorley initially recruited by Franklin at Vanderbilt as a safety, as an athlete. Uh, but let, let's not get a twist the different athletes here. Prabula, already a couple inches taller than Trace McSorley halfway through high school. I think he'll probably weigh more than NFL Trace McSorley weighs by the start of his junior year of high school. So we're talking about a six foot two, 195 pound sophomore. Yeah. And uh, first off, apologies to our Central York people. Central York, not York Central. You have to remember Tyler's from New Jersey. So anything Central doesn't exist to him. So he's still learning. So, but, but, uh, Which is ironic because I'm from Middle Township, New Jersey. Thanks, Sean. 
Well, yeah. you kind of ruined the joke, but okay. <laughs> uh, first York area offer since Kyle Boblitz. That's been a long, long time. So th- there aren't a ton of guys that come out of that area, especially on a Penn State level. Um, but really, I mean, it's a it's a very pro Penn State area. So you can see why the crystal balls popped up right away. Saw him at, at team camp last year. I was watching uh, actually my old high school against uh, Wyatt Millam's uh, Spring, Spring Valley team. And they were on the field behind me. I was talking to another coach. Uh, a high school coach, he, he, he was talking about Prabula. Uh, there's a lot to like there, and, and he's still got work to do a, as a passer, no doubt about it, but this is a kid that you take as an athlete all, you know, all day, every day. He, he reminds me of one of those guys that you would bring in in the 80s and 90s that that was a high school quarterback and you just weren't sure where he was going to end up and I still think he can play quarterback at the next level but you know is he a linebacker is he an h-back is he somebody that can give he's just going to provide value to your football team and I I like Prabula a lot from that uh, from that measure Uh, have talked to Brian Doan about him a bunch over the last couple of months really still not sure where he stands as a passer which obviously he's he's a 84 three-star by 24-7 sports so that that'll be something that we evaluate moving forward as, as as a uh, as a service here, um, that's about it. Uh, finally, oh, one more. I think one more this story is that important, I Sean. This is important. Very, this is very important. Sebastian Costantini, uh, fresh redshirt freshman kicker, has moved to corner. I wrote about it last week. It's it's very interesting to me because it's it's one of those things. Obviously, you don't see every day, but this kid came in last year, the last summer. And I got some, got some wind of some testing numbers. I'm like, are, are, are we sure this kid's a kicker? And, and you look deeper into what he brought to the table. Uh, really a, a, strong, a strong track athlete, a decathlete, uh, came in and ran a, you know, a pretty good, I think a 4-1 shuttle. Uh, he had cl- over a 10-foot broad and a 37-foot, excuse me, a 37-inch vertical jump. You don't get those kind of numbers from walk-ons, and you especially don't get those kind of numbers for walk-on kickers. So Penn State decided to move him, moved him to cornerback, which, you know, is probably the least likely place that you expect to see a kicker move. Um, really what you're looking at uh, with Costantini is, number one, a good story. Number two, can he develop into a guy like a Drew Hartlob, uh, you know, be a special teams gunner, be a guy that you can turn to, you know, eventually to to contribute to your special teams in a couple of years. But but like I said, most of all, it's a great story. And you've got that story up on 24-7 Sports. Uh, we've got a bunch going on right now in Lions 24-7. Plenty more to come your way uh, in the next two days. Uh, by the way, we're going to get to Landon Tengwall right now. Before we do, uh, Sean, we'll sign off here uh, and, and let Landon take us out. Uh, like I said, we'll be back with a second episode. We got Pry coming up, Bowen coming up. Always good to hear from the coaches. Um, anything else to add to this conversation? Nope, that's pretty much it. I think we're going to try and see you later this week, uh, provided uh, you know our families uh, you know give us the opportunity to do so. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's great to have you guys listening and following along. Check us out. Uh, it's a free VIP day on twenty four seven Sports. What that means. Tyler and I will find out at some point. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, you can check us out. Uh, check out what we do on a day-to-day basis for our VIP subscribers. We encourage you to do so. All right, folks. Uh, now, here's Landon Tengwall. Enjoy the conversation. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A big edition, a long-awaited edition came last Thursday from Landon Tangwall committing to Penn State, uh, one that we've been talking about for a while here on the podcast. I've gotten to know Landon a bit over the last few years because he has been on the radar for a long time with Penn State. He was their first offensive lineman offered uh, way back in the, in the winter of his freshman year. And now here we are. He, he's moving on towards senior season. Knock on wood. We got football coming up here and everybody back on the field. But Landon, like us, you are home. But you gave everybody a bit of a reason to celebrate, especially your family announcing your commitment. Congratulations on, on reaching that decision. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been a long time coming. As I said, a decision for you, whether it was Penn State, Notre Dame, another school, many have been involved for a couple of years. Why was the timing right for you here toward the end of March 2020? Yeah, um, honestly, I mean, I knew probably a couple months ago that I wanted to come to Penn State. Um, and really, I was, I was, I wanted to take the, the, you know, the trips to Notre Dame, get the experience and, you know, maybe something could have happened. But I knew, I knew I wanted to come to Penn State and I didn't know how long this was going to go on for. So, you know, if this, if this thing was going to, you know, delay, you know, normal life till July or August, you know, I wasn't going to wait that long to commit because I knew what I wanted. So, you know, I was just ready to commit. Was there a particular moment where it became clear to you that Penn State was the choice or it was just a gradual development of that feeling? No, I think it was definitely gradual. Um, I mean, just getting to know the coaches more and more. Um, I mean, I'm so close with so many of them. You know, Coach Bowen, I think we're, we're you know, we're coming up on four years of me knowing Coach Bowen. Uh, you know, even Coach Troutwin, I've known him for about six months. But, uh, you know, we have a great relationship. We talk almost every day. We FaceTime. You know, I'll send him clips of, uh, of, uh, my technique. You know, he'll critique it. He'll send me, he'll send me good drills to work on. So, you know, I've just built that relationship. So that, that's helped a lot. I want to talk about each of the coaches you mentioned in a second, but uh, when did you actually inform the staff that you were going to be a member of this Penn State recruiting class? Um, let's see. So it happened on Thursday. So it was, I think I did it exactly a week before um, I decided because I hit up, I hit up rivals and I told them that, you know, I was, I was ready to do it. And then, you know, I was like, I can do it. I want to do it as soon as possible. And they texted me back and they were like, how's, uh, how's Wednesday? And I actually, we looked on Amazon. I couldn't get the hats in time. So, uh, we had to actually postpone until Thursday. But, uh, yeah, I was ready to just do it as soon as possible. Another note for Amazon. Amazon's been, been doing a lot of business over the last couple of weeks. Uh, oh, yeah. including your Penn State hat. So what was the reaction <laughs> from, uh, from Penn State coaches? I know it's a little tricky for them too, because they're not all in one office right now either. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I called, uh, I think I called four or five coaches. Like I said, I'm close to, with so many of the coaches on the staff because I've known them for so long. Um, you know, everybody, you know, every time I told them, you know, a little scream, a little celebration. So that was real cool. But, uh, you know, I was hoping to, I was hoping the original plan was for me to commit, um, the Thursday, or it was like the Thursday or the Wednesday right before the, uh, the spring game. And then, you know, obviously I was going to come up and, you know, be the new commit. It was going to be great. So, you know, that sucks a little bit not to have that, but, uh, but yeah, it was it, it was good. You know, everybody was very happy. 
Yeah, I think I speak on behalf of everyone here in State College Landon. I wish we were going to see you at Beaver Stadium in April. I wish we were going to see anybody at Beaver Stadium in April. <laughs> uh, you bring up a good point, though, there, because you, you commit with that timing. You get to campus. Uh, you're proudly wearing the Penn State gear. You're representing the class. I know for you, just based off your personality, that becoming a class leader to whichever program you committed to is going to be a priority for you. How much ownership do you take off immediately in trying to build this thing out for the 2021 class? Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot. Um, you know, I'm already talking to, you know, Caleb Tyler trying to make graphics for, you know, certain guys, you know, come up with different ideas, you know, texting a lot of different guys already. And I've already been on a lot of phone I've probably been on, you know, upwards of like 10 phone calls with other recruits, just talking to them, you know, starting to get to know guys better. And then, of course, you know, talking to the guys in the DMV that I'm already really close with, you know, trying to get them to come. So, you know, it's definitely something I'm going to pride myself on, trying to build a, you know, a really good class around me. I saw in speaking with Tom Loy at 24-7, you mentioned a few of those names specifically. Before we talk about those guys on our target board, what kind of guys are you looking for? The characteristics, the traits that you think you want to assemble moving forward and eventually moving on to Happy Valley? You just got to find hard workers. That's where it starts at. You know, you can't have any slackers. Um you got to have guys that are uh, going to want to push each other, really. I feel like that's the main thing. I know everything else will come along with, you know, Coach Gault in the weight room and the coaches on the field. So, not, I mean, obviously we're looking for, you know, guys that are skilled, but it's definitely more work ethic uh, is what I'm looking for. Now, specifically, who are players that, that you have on that phone list and you're going to make sure you're, you're doing the peer recruiting thing with them routinely? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I'm talking, you know, I talk to Tristan all the time, Nolan, um, you know, I talked to Caleb Williams, uh, Dante. I mean, there's a ton of guys. Aaron from uh, up in uh, Canada. I mean, there's 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 a ton of guys, and I have to pull out the list. But uh, but you know, I'm I'm talking like like I said, up more than ten guys. So you know, definitely definitely uh, a role I'm trying to play for Penn State. I want to focus on you in just a second, but just playing off of that list, some names that come to mind. Dante Thornton was on board very early with the Penn State class. As a sophomore, he he decided and took a responsible approach in saying, look, I wasn't ready. I got to take a step back. What do you think? I mean, is there a a legitimate chance that he could circle back and end up in this class with you? Yeah. uh, I mean, I probably think there's a a better chance than not that he comes back. Um, I mean, he's he's made it pretty clear. I think he's told a couple people that he's probably not going to commit until the All-American game. Uh, So, I mean, what's that, you know? January so mm-hmm. we're looking that what is that about eight you know eight nine months so I mean we got a little while till he commits um but yeah I, I think ultimately I'm you know obviously I'm hoping and I think he'll come back I think Penn State's home for him Caleb Williams is a name that that pops up and I think some Penn State fans and they're gonna you already know this everybody is always watching on Twitter they see they say oh my gosh is, is he beefing with Caleb Williams you know there's a rivalry there is this gonna ruin our chances can you clear the air a little bit? Because you mentioned Caleb as a guy you clearly want on board with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, me and Caleb, we're, no, we're friends. I mean, obviously, anybody that knows anything about good counsel in Gonzaga, um, nobody likes each other. So uh, it's rare that me and Caleb are even friends. But, no, we're friends. You know, we train, we've train. trained at the same facility before. You know, I, I've, you know, I've been to parties with the guy. I mean, we're, we're definitely friends. But, like I said, there's always that, you know, that, uh, that rivalry between good counsel and Gonzaga. So it definitely comes out, but no, me and Caleb, you know, we're close. I'm, I'm recruiting him. The, the label of the top quarterback in the country, he's in the neighborhood for you. He's a guy you'd like to keep upright for the next few years. What makes him that franchise kind of quarterback? You, you kind of know his personality a bit. Why is he viewed in that light? 
Yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely a leader. Uh, I mean, I've seen him on, I mean, obviously I've played him, I think, three or four times now. Um, you know, I've seen what he can do. You know, he's, he's probably, he's probably the most athletic quarterback I've seen in person. You know, the stuff that he can do. I was up, actually up at Penn State when they played, uh, DeMatha. I'm sure everybody's seen the clip where he went about a hundred yards. You know, actually ran probably about 150 yards. I'm sure, you know, everybody, has, everybody knows what, uh, what play I'm talking about, but I mean, he's got crazy athleticism. And like I said, you know, he's definitely a leader. Uh, it's going to be, it'd be great to have him. I know the play you're talking about. And when I write something up on this, I will link out to it. So, so the other folks do as well. You've been up to Penn State more than any other program. In what ways has Penn State been extremely consistent going back to before your freshman year in high school to where you are now? Uh, I mean, yeah, they've just stayed on me, uh, you know, the whole time. They've done a great job, you know, three straight years, you know, Coach Bowen, uh, you know, even Coach Limegrove when he was there, uh, Coach Franklin just always, you know, checking up on me, uh, making sure I'm doing well, my family's doing well. So uh, that, I feel like that was big. You know, it really made them feel like, you know, it was a family environment there. Um, they definitely would hit me up more than other schools. So I feel like that, you know, including Notre Dame. So I feel like that definitely helped a lot. Um, they're just, they're, they're very well rounded in the recruiting department. And then you've also had a chance to see how they have adapted and evolved because it is, uh, you know, a lot of coaching change over those few years. The team has gone through different highs, different lows. Maybe what are some noticeable ways you've seen them develop? over these past three years? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, so I've been watching them for a while. So, you know, the freshmen that when I first started watching the freshmen that first came in, you know, they're all almost getting ready to graduate here in a little while. So, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of the, the team come in. Um, and, you know, it's been great to see. I mean, last year, I mean, they were really close, you know, a couple of different plays, go, you know, go opposite way. You know, they're, you know, they're Big Ten champions. So, you know, it, it's just going to take a couple players and, you know, there's already a great, it's already a great culture there, but it's going to take a couple of players to just push it a little bit more. Uh, and hopefully I'm one of those players. One area on the field that folks have wondered, maybe is this a spot where I can push Penn State to being a college football playoff, college football championship contender, the offensive line. They're bringing back five guys with starting experience, but moving ahead, you mentioned some big names there. Tristan Lee, Nolan Rucci. Uh, they're in that conversation with you as top linemen across the country. You've got Nate Bruce on board. I saw you already got the graphic up with him on social media. Yeah. What is your vision for this offensive line class? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not exactly sure how many guys we're trying to bring in, but, you know, if it can, if we can get me and, you know, you know, me and a couple, me and Nate and a couple other guys, you know, whether that be Tristan or Nolan or, you know, there, there's a couple other guys that we're, that we're looking at that me and Coach Trout and, you know, Coach Franklin, we're, we really want uh, on board. Um, you know, I, I feel like Coach Trout can coach anybody up. I mean, you look at him, you look at his record at uh, Boston College, you know, all five of his offensive linemen from last year were either first or second team uh, all ACC. So, I mean, that says a lot about him. So, I mean, I feel like obviously if we get, you know, high-level players, that's big. But I think Coach Trout can, uh, he can really coach them up. You're a guy who really respects the fundamentals. You respect what guys bring to, to the drills and camps. I know that. When you see a Tristan Lee, a guy who, you know, a year or so ago, you're thinking he's more of a basketball player moving towards football. Now he is considered, you know, one of the best in the country at what he does in the football field. Can you kind of break down his, his game for me a bit? Cause I know you two have become pretty close. What makes Tristan Lee a top prospect? Yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, I've talked to him a lot. I've seen a lot of clips of him, you know, watch his tape. I mean, he's super athletic. I mean, that's number one. Um, you know, we, we've talked for a while. We actually met, we, the first time we met was at the Under Armour camp last year, uh, mm -hmm. the regional. Well, I mean, before that, we, we talked a lot, you know, on Snapchat and Twitter and stuff. So 
you know, we're, we're really close. Um, I mean, he's just a great player, you know, and he, he finishes too. I mean, that's what you want to see in an offensive lineman. I think I saw an interview that someone talked to Coach Franklin. He said he wants to, you know, he wants mean offensive linemen. So, you know, Tristan's definitely that as well. Coach Matt Limegrover, I don't want to go through this whole conversation without mentioning him because he was in there early with you. Um, yeah. it, it's it's tough. And, look, you've been involved with, what, 30, 40 schools. You've seen coaches come and go. How yeah. did Penn State handle that transition for you? You had mentioned, oh, maybe Tyler Bowen moves over to the offensive line spot. They end up with Troutwine. But how did you work your way through that spot with Penn State and with Coach Limegrover, considering your history went all the way back to, what, 2017? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, actually, so right when I got down to Future 50 this, uh, this winter, um, we had, you know, there was media day as soon as we got down there. Um, and that, uh, Coach Bowen actually called me on my way to the hotel for the, uh, for the interviews. Uh, and he let me know. So obviously, like, the news just broke. And I, I told the reporters, I mean, I knew Coach Franklin was going to find the right guy, whether it be Coach Bowen or someone else within or, you know, any coach. So I, I you know, I had faith in him the whole time. And obviously I ended up loving, uh, loving the coach that he picked in coach, uh, coach Troutwine. So, uh, and like I said, uh, I mean, he's just a great coach. I should say he's going to coach me up. He's going to coach everybody else up. Um, so I'm excited to get to work with him. When Troutwine first connected with you, what was his initial message and what's kind of been the consistent theme in those conversations for these past few months? Yeah, uh, I mean, he called me like 30 minutes after he got the job when the news broke, like on Twitter. Uh, he called me right away. I think I was one of his first calls. Um, and honestly, we've talked so much. It's not even, it's so casual now. Like I'm, I obviously we'll talk a lot of football, but it'll be about a lot about life too. Um, so I mean, we talk, you know, everything, you know, food, you know, family, sports, all that good stuff. So uh, I feel, I feel like we really start to build, you know, an actual relationship outside of football as well. Folks need to hear about your story, uh, this incredible growth spurt that you went through. Because people are going to see you get to campus, and they see you right now, and they see the physical measurements, and they think this kid's always been a lineman. He's always been the big guy. You played wide receiver, if my memory serves correctly, in middle school. And then all of a sudden, your body completely changed on you like a monster in Space Jam or something like that. It was a very rapid process. Can you can you give us the whole details? Because I remember you going over this a few years back, and, and it, was, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, so, uh, so eighth grade fall, um, I was about, I mean, I was still about, I was probably 6'3", uh, but I was about 180, 185. And, uh, you know, me and my dad talked and we knew I wanted to play the offensive line. Uh, we knew that was, you know, where my money was going to be made at, you know, getting a, you know, a college, uh, scholarship. So, you know, we, we dedicated my, you know, I dedicated myself and my family to, you know, making sure I'm putting on, you know, a lot of weight and a good weight. Um, you know, one thing that really helped is my middle school at the time, right after the football season, so I decided to do this. Um, my middle school at the time didn't uh, start until about 9.15. So I was able to work out in the morning, you know, eat a great, you know, a great breakfast, and then uh, and then come home. I actually started working out two times a day uh, right after the fall season in eighth grade. And, you know, I got, you know, protein powder. I was eating a ton of peanut butter, eggs, all that good stuff. Um, so in about five, six months, uh, I played spring ball for St. Vincent Pilate, you know, their eighth grade spring ball team. Uh, that's where I went my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I was about, you know, 265, 270. So it was, it was almost, it was probably 90 pounds. Um, uh, but it, it was pretty good weight. Um, uh, obviously it wasn't the best weight. I feel like I'm obviously right now I'm, in, I'm the, I'm at the best I've ever been. And when I was just up at Penn State, I, uh, got, I was in a, uh, bod pod and, you know, it measures your, uh, body fat percentage. 
and I think it was about 24% at uh, about 305 pounds, which uh, Coach Gallup said is really good. I said, you know, obviously I want to keep improving, but it, that's actually a really good number, he said. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was quite the journey to put on that weight. But the idea was, you know, uh, the sooner I put on that weight, the longer I play at that weight, and, you know, the more used to it I am. You know, there's guys coming into college having to put on, you know, 20, 30 pounds, and, you know, they're sitting there freshman year in college still trying to get used to the weight. Well, you know, I've basically been around this weight class, you know, for four or five years now, well, you know, once I get to college. Um, so that definitely, you know, it gives me a up on uh, other guys. Yeah, so between the last game of, of middle school and the first game of high school, you essentially added, you know, maybe another eighth grader. I'm sure you went to school with some kids who weighed as much as you gained during right. that course. I, I, but I want the details because mom and dad always get a lot of credit because they're the ones who put the grocery bills and cross the country when I hear about these gross births. I always got to ask, what was, what was needing to be replenished in that fridge over and over? What was your go-to? You mentioned peanut butter. How much peanut butter? Uh, a lot. I mean, I still, to this day, uh, I mean, we buy huge jars of it. Uh, still, we just go to Walmart. It's like these big tubs. What is it? Like, you know, what is it like two pounds? It's, it's a lot. And, you know, we, I go through them fast. But, uh, even back then, it was a ton of eggs. Like, uh, I mean, that was easily, uh, needing to be replaced, you know, once a week at least. Probably quicker. Cause I normally could do about four or five eggs a meal. Um, yeah, I would do a lot of bagels. I would do a lot of peanut butter bagels. That'd be good. Um, but I would even, after work, yeah, I would get a lot of steak, um, ham, you know, ham and roast beef. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was a lot of food. Uh, four pounds. Yeah, four pounds. We get four pounds of uh, four. It's a four pound jar of peanut butter, and we go through. I go through it in about you know a week or two. It doesn't take me long. And even after the after my workouts, I would take a spoon and I would eat uh, straight peanut butter. So that was that was my go-to really after the workouts, the, the, the spoon with the peanut butter. My goodness, my goodness. Uh, without you get to this point, you're very comfortable at this size now. You're working on your game. What are the biggest things on your list going from junior year to senior year? And do you know when you're getting to campus at Penn State? I know life in general is kind of on hold right now. Do you have early graduation ambitions? Are you going to be here next summer? How does that work out for you? Yeah, unfortunately, the WCAC, you know, one of the best conferences in high school sports, for some reason, does not allow early enrollees. I think they need to fix that. Um, you know, they've been pretty harsh about it, though. But, you know, so you've seen some guys like Marshawn Lloyd, you know, he went to public school for a couple of weeks to get out early. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. So you know, I'll be there, um, you know, late May. Um, so it's not the end of the world. Um and then as far, I don't know if you meant now, but, you know, I'll be up the first weekend I can, you know, this, uh, this, uh, you know, this, uh, spring slash, you know, hopefully not too late into the summer. To be determined, like everything else right now. Um, and then on, on the field, what are you working on? Uh, you know, what, what's the, what's the biggest thing we're going to see maybe in terms of a forward stride from you on senior film? And, and I'm just going to safely assume we're going to see football this fall. We're going to see you play football this fall. So with that optimistic outlook, what are we going to see from you? Yeah, uh, something I was really trying to improve on is my, you know, my quickness and my speed. Um, obviously, I was I was working with a with a speed coach, um, and obviously that was for a lot of the combines and the and the, you know the camps that you know may not happen. So that might have been you know off or not. But you know the the quickness part uh, definitely I think will, will will come into my game this year. Uh, you know, I was, but like I said, I was working on the speed. I we were we were running laser times and I actually uh once I got uh, you know I got sub 5 uh sub 5 by 498 
So, you know, that was great to see, you know, a lot of people and I, you know, I've worked a lot on my technique, my 40 technique and all that stuff. Uh, I know this doesn't really equate, you know, to actual football, but, you know, it's something big, uh, you know, a lot of athletes have to work on, uh, you know, so a lot of people, you know, they question, you know, my, uh, my, you know, mobility, flexibility, my speed, you know, compare me to other guys, you know, that are a lot, you know, smaller than me and, you know, you know, call me a guard and, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, I want to be able to play everywhere, but, you know, I want to show people that, you know, I can play any position, you know, uh, so that's really something I'm working on, just, just getting quicker, faster. Like I guess the opinion that matters most is Phil Troutline, Kirk Shiraka, and James Franklin. Where do they see you on the football field? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've talked to Coach Trout about it, and it's really wherever uh, wherever I can get as, you know, whatever spot opens up, I want to be able to play. Um, you know, whether that's – I mean, he said he's recruiting me because he thinks I can play, you know, all five positions. And, you know, I mean, that's the goal as an offensive lineman. You want to be able to play all five. You want to be versatile, um, you know. You know, there's guys that make their money in the league that way that, you know, they, they're able to just get plugged in any, you know, with an injury. You know, I'm a big Steelers fan. I think we have a, we have a couple players that, you know, can play all five that, cause I follow them very closely, can play all five. And I've seen us keep them around for, you know, five, six years just cause they're so versatile. That's, that's definitely big to be, be able to play any position on the offensive line. Well, Landon, we'll be catching up with you throughout this process. One more thing to throw your way here. It's not a question. It's, uh, the microphone is yours. A lot of folks listening out there who are excited about your commitment, let them know what they're getting from you and let them know what your plans are for this 2020 recruiting class. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just going to see, uh, you know, a hard worker. Uh, I definitely have a voice. I mean, you'll see me on Twitter and, you know, you know, I'm definitely a, a little bit of a clown, but, uh, you know, a hard worker that's, you know, always going to, you know, push his teammates, push, push myself. Uh, like I said, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for guys in this class, you know, to, that I'm recruiting with me, uh, to, to help push me as well. Um, but I'm just going to, you know, keep working, keep, t- keep talking to all these guys I'm talking to and, uh, hopefully get them to come to Penn State. You may play that clown role a little bit, but I think you do a good job of being on clown patrol and keeping people <laughs> in check. Uh, so I always appreciate that when I follow your Twitter stuff, but Landon, okay. thank you. Hang in there down home. Uh, keep up the good work and look forward to seeing you in person sooner rather than later. Definitely. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.